It's been over three weeks since I've last put out a podcast. I apologize for that, but man, we have been busy in this household packing. We have boxes all over this house in the last two, three weeks. Uh, in another four days, the movers come to clear it all out, and then we will be moving on to the great state of Texas in less than a week. It's, it's Sometimes it seems like it's going really slow, and then sometimes it seems like it's going really fast. I don't know if that makes any sense, but me and my wife have made so many moves since we've been married that uh, we're used to this, and we know it's going to come down to the last 24 hours. That's how it works in this family. We've been working and working and working for over 30 days, but I know in the last 24 hours we'll be scrambling all over the place to fill up some boxes and get some trash out of the house to get ready uh, to hand over the keys to the brand new owners. So I apologize again for being so long since the last podcast. I appreciate everybody who follows the Arizona Timeless Tours podcast. It is greatly appreciated. But I have had a few days here and there to take some time off to do some traveling. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode of the Arizona Timeless Tours. A couple of the spots that I've gone in southeastern Arizona. It's probably was uh, probably close to like 15, 16 days ago that I actually made these trips. And I usually love to do the podcast 24 to 48 hours after I get back from a trip because all that information, I remember it all. Everything I read, everything I looked at, everything I took a picture of, all the video I did, it's all fresh in my mind. And now it's probably at least two weeks ago that I got back from this trip. But it definitely was worth it. So what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about Fort Bowie. Fort Bowie. Took a uh, took that historic trail in Fort Bowie. And uh, I came across the historic site in Arizona history and U.S. history and in U.S. Army history that I didn't know was on Fort Bowie for some reason. I mean, I read the story about this confrontation that happened back in, I believe, January of 1861, but I did not know that that was the exact location of this of this um, confrontation. So uh, that made the whole trip uh, totally worth it for me. So we're going to get into that. But uh, the trip to Fort Bowie was nice. I went with a relative of mine. He did all the driving again, which was absolutely tremendous. That was about a 450-mile day, uh, a little over 11 hours we spent uh, traveling around southeastern Arizona. So let's talk about Fort Bowie. What do you see when you get there? Is it worth going to Fort Bowie? You better believe it. 1.5 miles out is the trail. It goes to the visitor center. And as, again, it's you know 1.5 miles back. So a three-mile round trip. Not you know a very easy hike. And I have a bad left knee. And I was still able to accomplish this hike. Not as quickly as I would have liked. I was a little warm out there. Even though we started the hike at 8.30 in the morning. And it was really only about 88, 89 degrees. But sun was shining bright. Uh, we were the only people on the trail there and back. Didn't see another soul out there the couple of hours that we were on this trail. So as we were hiking the trail, the the scenery is absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely beautiful. The mountain views are great. Um, but one of our first stops was this historic 
site that uh, I've read about over the last three, three and a half years. And that was the site of the Bascom Affair. Now, if you don't know about the Bascom Affair, check it out. It's B-A-S-C-O-M is Bascom. It's uh, about a Lieutenant George Bascom back in January of 1861. And it has some real historical significance for what would happen after uh, this confrontation. But um, what happens is it begins, the Bascom Affair began on January 27th of 1861 uh, when an Apache raiding party uh, raided the ranch of John Ward, stealing several head of livestock and kidnapping Ward's 12-year-old stepson, Felix Ward, who would become an unbelievable Apache scout when he grew up and he would change his name to Mickey Free. So if you don't know the story of Mickey Free, after the podcast, check it out. It's very, very interesting. He was raised by Apaches pretty much his whole life. Uh, he leaves the Apaches. He becomes known as Mickey Free, and he becomes a huge enemy of Geronimo in trying to capture Geronimo. Uh, Mickey Free's life is, is just very interesting, so check it out. He was known as Felix Ward. But uh, that's how it started. Ward reported the raid to a nearby military authority, and um, that military authority uh, directed Lieutenant George Nicholas Bascom and a large group of infantry to attempt to recover the boy. So uh, Bascom went out. He could not recover the boy. He did not know what group of Apaches actually took the boy. And uh, if you don't know about that, uh, I, I really just underst started understanding this uh, the last two years. We always grouped the Apaches under one single group of individuals, but there were numerous groups of Apaches, some led by like Cochise and others led by Geronimo and some were relatively peaceful and some were warriors. Okay. So there were all different, um, groups of Apaches led by different chiefs that saw, uh, dealing with the United States army and the Americans in different ways. Again, somewhat peaceful ways and other ways, straight war. So, when they couldn't find them, they came to this location that's right there at Fort Bowie uh, in January. Well, not January, but later in 1861. And uh, the local individual there knows Cochise, the chief of those Apaches in that area. And Bascom asks, asks the uh, individual to arrange a talk right there with Cochise. So a couple of days later, this happens. Cochise comes down with some of his warriors and this so-called peaceful talk starts. And uh, right off the bat, Lieutenant Bascom requires Cochise and his group of Apaches to return the 12-year-old Felix Ward that was kidnapped and the cattle and everything that was taken and to take responsibility for taking out the family in this area. And Cochise adamantly denies having any involvement uh, with this situation. And uh, says he did nothing. He never captured or kidnapped a 12-year-old boy. He took no cattle or livestock. And he had no involvement in this incident. And Lieutenant Bascom didn't believe a word that Cochise was saying. So what happens is this peaceful meeting now becomes uh, a little bit hostile. It becomes hostile. Let's just say it like that. And Lieutenant Bascom orders Cochise and his Apaches, some of his family members, to be held as prisoners, and they're put into a tent. And in this area that you're standing, you will see 
uh, assignable point. This is where the meeting took place. And then over here on this side, on this piece of land right here, this is where the tents were set up and Cochise and the other Apaches were, were held as prisoner until they could uh, come to an agreement on, on uh, getting the 12-year-old boy back. So Cochise is being held against his will, and so are his other Apache warriors that are with him. And during the night, Cochise uh, cuts a hole in the back of the tent and escapes out the back. He is shot, and you'll see straight ahead the mountains that he climbed over to get back to where his group of Apaches were living at the time. And uh, that very at that very moment when Cochise escapes. Now, really, it goes back to that very moment where Lieutenant Bascom uh takes him as prisoner and him and his other fellow Apaches and puts him in that tent. This sparks the Apache Wars. For over a decade, this will spark uh, major hostilities with the Apaches in the area. Many deaths will have taken place because of this. And uh, it all goes kind of back to a young, brash lieutenant named George Bascom, who uh, took a little bit too much authority and uh, let his temper get the best of him. And uh, history looks back on Lieutenant Bascom and calls it the Bascom Affair because it ignites this huge war that we're going to have for over a decade with the Apaches. That happens right there at Fort Bowie. Now I'm going to move on to the next site because I don't want to get any more into uh, the Bascom Affair. If you move on, you'll come to the old um, Butterfield Overland Mail Coach Stop that still stands there. The foundation is still there. It's pretty big. Um, that was there uh, prior to the Bascom Affair. And then if you keep walking farther, this was the, really the main reason why I went was to check out the Pioneer Cemetery that's closer to the original fort back there and the visitor center that's in the back. The uh, cemetery had one individual that I saw two years ago and I read about and I'm like, I got to get out there, check out this grave, do a video on it, do a TikTok video on it and check this out. And I went out there, and it was the grave of Little Robe. Little Robe died in 1885. He was only two years old. Now, who was Little Robe, and why did I want to go out there and film this and check this grave site out? Well, Little Robe was the son of Geronimo. Now, somebody asked me on a TikTok comment, how many sons did Geronimo have? Well, he probably had quite a few. All right, he had a quite a few uh, wives, um, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think anybody knows the answer to that question. But that is Little Robe, the son of Geronimo. Again, passes away in 1885 at the age of two. He is very much liked by the, uh, the, uh, the U.S. Army when he's there. And he gets buried in that cemetery because of that relationship with the United States Army at the time back in 1885. So a lot of other graves there. Uh, Check that out for about 25 minutes, and then you go up the trail just a little bit farther, and you'll see the remnants of Old Fort Bowie. It's a really awesome trail if you get an opportunity to take it. I would suggest you probably not go in June, July, and August, but if you do, go early, take water, take a friend, be on alert, look out for snakes and animals, enjoy yourself. Uh, again, be uh, get, get hydrated the day before you go, not the day that you're getting there. Uh, take a take a good working vehicle and enjoy yourself out at Fort Bowie if you're going to go June, July, and August. And you're not the great thing about going June, June, July, and August is you're not going to come across a bunch of tourists. 
or people because there was nobody out there during that time, even early in the morning. All right, next stop, we leave Fort Bowie. One of the next stops is, I believe, a hidden gem in U.S. history period. Top three hidden gems that I've ever seen in the United States so far. And again, I've lived in seven different states. I've lived overseas. I lived all over the place. I've visited a lot of states. And uh, this one here, I think, is just is pretty unbelievable. So uh, we head out. Now, how would you find this next spot? You'll find it by going to Atlas Obscura, which is a great place to find hidden uh, hidden spots in the towns, cities, and states that you live in today. Atlas Obscura. If you type in President James Garfield and the Buffalo Soldiers Monument, you'll either come to somewhere in Wikipedia and the next one down will be the article on Atlas Obscura. Or if you just go to atlasobscura.com and type in President James Garfield Monument and the Buffalo Soldiers, it will, it will come up. This is, this is quite a, uh, <laughs> this is pretty awesome. Let me read what Atlas Obscura has on it. President James Garfield was shot by an assassin only a few months into his term in 1881 and died from that wound several months later. Before his death, Garfield had been an, a huge supporter of African-American rights. As an officer in the Union Army during the Civil War, he saw the conflict as a righteous crusade against the evils of slavery. Okay, so now let's fast forward. That happened in 1881. He was assassinated. This is in 1885. The 10th U.S. Cavalry is stationed in this part of southeastern Arizona to, uh, to, to put up a, a defense against some of the Apaches in the area that they were having problems with, led by Geronimo. Okay, Geronimo was on the warpath. Well, as the 10th U- U.S. Cavalry was stationed there, known as the Buffalo Soldiers, they didn't see a lot of action with these Apaches in that area while they were stationed there. So in their spare time, they started building a monument to President James Garfield. And they started using the volcanic rock, which was plentiful around that area. And uh, they started building a three-tier monument with the main part of the monument uh, having a dedication written in it to President James Garfield. And... Uh, with the, with the rest of the rock, as they were building this monument, they would etch in their initials or their whole names or designs like a um, Calvary saber or something like that into the rock. And it is beautifully done. I mean, the way that they etched it into this rock looks, looks absolutely fabulous. It really does. So, again, they put their names, their initials, their dates, some design into the rock as they're making this memorial to this assassinated president. And uh, so when they finished and it was there, it was a, it was a beautiful monument that the Buffalo Soldiers built. And uh, around September of 1886, Geronimo surrenders to the United States Army. And the Buffalo Soldiers pull out of southeastern Arizona and leave the monument there. Now, a gentleman that owns the land comes along and sees the monument. And he starts writing letters to Washington, D.C., saying, hey, this is something that we need to save and preserve. And it's already been a couple of years, and the wind and the elements from the weather here in southeastern Arizona are actually, this, this monument's starting to decay. It's starting to fall to pieces. And people are coming onto the land and finding it and taking pieces of it for themselves. So we're trying to save it. Can you help me out, Washington, D.C.? And just like today, 
Washington, D.C. can do absolutely nothing. He hears nothing back from them. So then he decides to start writing letters years later to James Garfield's family in the great state of Ohio. And uh, still nothing. So years go by. Now remember, the Buffalo Soldiers pull out sometime after September of 1886 when this monument is built. And uh, years are gone by, and there's actually old pictures of this monument that you'll be able to see on Atlas Obscura. And it shows the monument's just crumbling down. It's it's pretty small, and it's just crumbling down. And uh, this gentleman goes on to have a family, and his daughter gets married, and her and her husband come up with this plan. And uh, now we're in the year, jump ahead, 1920, when they come up with this plan. The daughter says, look, we're building a farmhouse. We would like to incorporate that stone into the chimney of the farmhouse and have the inscription of James Garfield right over the inside portion of the fireplace. The dad thinks about it and is like, that's the only way that this thing is going to be preserved because it is pretty much gone. So that's what they started to do. They started taking the blocks off of the monument that are left and they incorporate it into a chimney of this new farmhouse. Now, I'm going to say this just on a TikTok uh, video that I did. Somebody actually today uh, put a comment on there that said that was absolutely awful the way that they did that and took apart that monument. And I don't answer a lot of the uh, comments on TikTok because there's too many. I like to put a like a like on some of the comments so people know that the creator actually saw what they took time to put out there. But I 100% disagree with this comment that they did something. Go look at the ruins of this monument. If they did not do this, if they did not do this, you would never see this monument ever again. It would have been gone to history by after 1920. This thing was in such terrible condition that we're in 2021. It would have never have been known. And living in this day and time that we are living in today, people need to know in June of 2021 that the Buffalo Soldiers that the Buffalo Soldiers back in 1886 created a monument to a president of the United States because this president was pro-African-American rights back in the 1850s and 60s. (laughs) It needs to be known today, and it won't be written about in any history book, that's for sure. And it won't be talked about in any news network, that's for sure. And there's not one piece of information out at this location And there are plenty of things to read out there. There's a small museum that states anything about this chimney and the stones that are incorporated into this chimney chimney back in 1920s has any significance whatsoever. None. Nobody knows about it. When you see the picture of this farmhouse and all of these web pages and online and other spots, you'll never see the chimney. You'll never hear it here with the significance of the stone that is incorporated into that chimney. You'll never hear about it. It's ridiculous. So that's why I'm doing this podcast to get the word out on this historical site that you so that you and your family can go out and check it out and get the word out. And it's, it doesn't go away because it's still there. When we went there in, uh, in, in June of 2021 and I walked up to that chimney, You can see those names chiseled into that rock like it was done yesterday. So it's not gone to history. That that monument still stands today. Yes, not in its original form, 
but in a chimney incorporated into a farmhouse that's protected by a National Historical Society, folks. So it's going to be preserved for many, many, many more years. And that chimney, you can go there and visit and see the actual names of those men that served in the 10th U.S. Cavalry in this part of Arizona back in 1886. They also, the, the, the date of 1886 is all over that, uh, that stone structure. Go out, check it out. The Buffalo Soldiers Monument to an assassinated president, James Garfield. Get the word out. Tell people about this history. I think we need to, to hear things like this in 2021, folks. So there's so much more to talk about. I think I'm going to cut this short. At uh, We're almost at 21 minutes on the podcast. Um, and then get you caught up as soon as this move is completely over. Uh, we will be in Texas in about eight days from the day I'm recording this podcast. And uh, once we get settled into our... Our house isn't quite going to be ready for about another month or two, so we have a place that we're staying. As soon as we get settled into there in probably about two or three weeks and get the podcasting equipment set up in the corner somewhere, I will go live from the great state of Texas. That will be my next podcast. We will have left the state of Arizona, and uh, we will have arrived in the great state of Texas and start covering this unbelievable state's history. Really, really looking forward to that. So, again, the name will be changed in the, about uh, the second week of July to the Aztec, the AZ-TEX, from the Arizona Timeless Tour. So if you don't subscribe or follow on any of my social media platforms, today, or the day that you're listening to this, would be a great day to do it if you're listening to the podcast before the 2nd of July. If you are listening to the podcast after the 2nd of July of 2021, look me up as the AZ-TEX. If you can't find the Arizona Timeless Tourist, okay? Uh, I'd like to support the channel and all the stuff that we're doing and all the travels we're taking. The only place that you can do that is my PayPal account linked to my YouTube channel. So if you want to donate a dollar, that would help me out tremendously in gas cost of traveling around the state of Texas. that And all the equipment to, that I buy for the podcast and for shooting all of the videos. That would be greatly appreciated. Folks, I've had an extraordinary time in the last four years of traveling the great state of Arizona and finding all these unbelievable hidden gems. Arizona does not come to an end after this podcast or after my last YouTube video or TikTok video of Arizona. There will still be TikToks and Facebooks and MeWees and Instagrams and LinkedIn posts and YouTube videos out there and podcasts on the great state of Arizona. It'll be more like an 80-20 split. From here forward, though, 80% Texas, 20% Arizona. We'll always talk about Arizona. But uh, we have over 500 TikTok videos, over 200 YouTube videos, over four years of content on Instagram and Facebook. Check out the Arizona Timeless Tours Facebook page. It has an unbelievable amount of information, probably more than any of my other social media platforms because I've been doing it the longest. The Arizona Timeless Tours Facebook page before we changed the name to the Aztec. Again, we're not leaving Arizona. We're not forgetting about Arizona history. We're just diving into another state and incorporating it to all the information that we already have out there on all the other social media platforms. All right. I'll end this one here by saying that, everybody, I hope you all have a, a safe day. And uh, until next time, I will be, well, I should say this. The next time you hear my voice on this podcast, I will be broadcasting 
from the great state of Texas. Take care. Thank you.